It's time for the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. After a crazy year with COVID, we finally can say that we have March Madness back. On this edition of the Kirby on Sports Podcast, we give you anything and everything March Madness related, getting you set for the NCAA tournament. But before we begin, we would like to thank our sponsors, Regroup Building Services, PM Plus Reserves, Shenandoah Primitives, and Chief Graphics. Big thanks, as always, to Dave Johnson in our music by Productions by Quet. All right, it's time for another edition of the Kirby on Sports Podcast. It comes your way right now. connected this is dave johnson voice of the washington wizards you have connected to the right place because you are listening to my man josh kirby on sports podcast welcoming you to another edition of the kirby on sports podcast as always i am your host josh kirby our sponsors regroup building services pm plus reserves shenandoah primitives and chief graphics once again a big thanks to all of our sponsors uh, for doing what they do best here on the Kirby on Sports Podcast. We greatly appreciate all the support. Big thanks to Dave Johnson and Productions by Quet as well. It's finally back, folks. After one year, March Madness is back. It's just crazy to think that a global pandemic shut down the March Madness NCAA tournament um, just about a little over a year ago. But... We're able to get it back, um, and I, I'm going to start off this show not really by um, discussing the teams and the matchups and stuff because we have um, my good friend Alex Flum from WDVM joining us in just a little while to talk about all the matchups and stuff. He covers Maryland, so we'll discuss Maryland and so on and so forth as well. So, But, I, I mean, first and foremost, with this pandemic, we have seen a lot of these teams um, struggle with COVID. You know, some players have tested positive. Some members of the organization in certain teams have tested positive. One team, for example, we'll touch on this more later, but the UVA Cavaliers. The UVA Cavaliers, the most recent team to win the national championship, um, they're getting... There was a chance that they might not even be in this situation where they might have had to forfeit their spot in the tournament. But they are the number four seed as of right here as of right now in the west side of the bracket. So I, I mean I think there have been some exceptions made on scheduling. So Virginia can 
come back and be together and get ready for this game as a team, obviously, because that's what you need. But still, in my mind, something like that, I feel like it's going to it's gonna change your mindset. And uh, who knows? Because I don't think these teams are telling the media and other sources who has COVID. So if that's the case, you might have your star player that's out with COVID because if I heard this correctly, you can the person or people closely associated with the person or player who had COVID is out for the first two rounds. So if that's your star player, I, obviously they're not going to announce this, but if that's your star player, your mindset's changed to how are we going to fill this void and are we going to be able to produce a successful team to move us forward in the tournament? So Virginia's first matchup is with number 13 ranked Ohio. So that's going to be very interesting to see. Once again, we'll get into that more later. But the tournament as a whole I feel like they're going to be very, very, very strict with COVID. I, I hope, I really hope that this tournament goes COVID free. Because if there was a chance that anybody tested positive for COVID or contact tracing, whatever the case may be, I feel like that's just going to screw up the entire tournament. Because in my opinion, looking at this bracket and looking at the dates that these teams are slated to play, I'm not so sure if there's any cushion room for um, something of this nature like a positive COVID test to happen during the tournament. It's a full tournament. It's the round of 64 down to 32 to... 18 to whatever, you know, the standard tournament format. And I don't think you're going to have any cushion room. So my thing is, first off, are the teams going to implement you're either practicing, you're playing your game, or you are in your hotel room just doing nothing? Because I, I feel like the teams have to set that protocol first. If protocol gets broken, first and foremost, I feel like there will be heavy fines since this is the NCAA tournament. Don't get me wrong now, because I feel like there's a lot of revenue that is going on because this tournament did not happen last year. So my my thoughts on this, revenue will be generated um, by this some way, shape, or form, obviously with TV viewership and stuff. But no, my thing about this is, if there is a positive COVID case, then what happens? Do they back the national championship up to get all these games played? Do they have to forfeit and the other team moves on? I, I mean, my thoughts here... I feel like it's going to be very interesting to see what happens if somebody tests positive for COVID. 
But I feel like this starts with the teams. They need to be disciplined in either they're practicing, they're playing a game, or they're in their hotel rooms or wherever they are staying, self-isolating, getting ready for the next game. So, I, I, I mean, that's my take to start things off here um, about this tournament and COVID, the whole situation. Um I, I mean, I feel like this, I, obviously this tournament can be held safely. It, it 100% can, but I feel like it's going to come down to if anybody breaks protocol. It, I mean, even if there isn't a positive COVID case or anything, but a team or certain players were to break protocol, I feel like the NCAA would heavily find that team and I feel like there's a chance that the team or teams, if this were to happen, once again, I'm not saying it is, but I'm just saying hypothetically, if it were to happen, I would imagine that the NCAA would disqualify them from competition so they could not win a national championship. So just some thoughts there to start some uh, this podcast off. Once again, it's March Madness here on the Kirby on Sports Podcast. We have a lot to get to here. You are just, we are just getting started. It's going to be a great episode. Once again, I will be joined by Alex Flum of WDVM to break down anything and everything March Madness related. But once again, that was just my segment on COVID, the whole situation with the tournament, and everything. I I mean, this is obviously going to get done one way or another, but I feel like if it gets too severe and some people test positive for COVID and you can't make up games or anything, then unfortunately, I feel like, I mean, last resort, they'll have to cancel this tournament. But let's just hope it does not come to that because sports have been our refuge through this whole pandemic. And You know, going back to the NFL football season, I felt like just a normal person sitting down watching football every Sunday. So it, it's going to be interesting to see, but we'll we'll get to so much more. We're just getting started here on the Kirby on Sports podcast. Right after this, we will continue with Alex Flum of WDVM right here on the Kirby on Sports podcast. I'd like to take a moment to talk about my friends over at Regroup Building Services, specializing in custom homes, remodels, additions, and so much more. If you're looking for a new place to call home or just need repairs on your current one, look no further because Regroup Building Services has you covered. Just a couple months ago, Regroup Building Services came in and redid our entire kitchen, and boy, does it look great. I cannot recommend them enough. So if you're looking for anything to be done, make sure you check them out at www.regroupbuildingservices.com. Once again, that's www.regroupbuildingservices.com where they do the honeydews that your honey don't. Make sure you tell them Josh sent you. We're back on the Kirby on Sports Podcast. Anything and everything March Madness. Now joined uh, by familiar friend to the podcast, Alex Flum. 
of WDVM. Uh, he has a lot of work that needs to be done with the NCAA tournament as he has some teams that is in his market that he will be covering. We will get to that in so much more. Alex, how are you, sir? Good to hear from you. I'm doing good and great to be on here today again. I understand I'm not the first uh, person to come on a second time, but from what I hear, I'm one of the the early second time guests on the podcast, and I'm honored to be in that group. Hey, yeah, well, greatly appreciate you coming on, Alex. So, I mean, a lot to get to here, um, NCAA tournament-wise. Uh, I know you cover a few teams in that group, Maryland, obviously, Georgetown, you're sort of watching them as well. So we'll get to them in so much more. But um, the, Alex, my first question, the tournament as a whole, I was discussing this in my last segment about my thoughts on what the NCAA tournament would potentially do if something were to have happen COVID wise in terms of somebody testing positive for COVID so on and so forth. So um, do you know, um, based on your sources or your information, how the tournament setup is going to be like based on this pandemic, how it's all going to play out? Is there anything different than a normal, regular non-pandemic situation going on what 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 can you tell us about that first and foremost well what i can tell you is that this year is going to be unlike any other year you've ever seen a lot of the years in different regions of the bracket you have you know different teams uh you know going to one city like you have a bunch of teams playing in dc or you have a bunch of teams playing in spokane washington it's always something different but this year, everyone, the entire tournament for the men's tournament, they're in Indianapolis. For the women's tournament, they're in San Antonio. And I know they're playing in different areas. Like, I think Maryland's playing at Purdue's arena. And then some teams are playing, um, you know, at, at uh, Lucas Oil Stadium and, and, you know, a bunch of different places there. So they're spreading them out. But people got to be really careful. Um, you know, they're, they're quarantined in their own hotel rooms. I know that Maryland put out that they had kind of like a little welcome to the bubble thing where they had like deodorants and little NCAA tournament memorabilia and things like that for them to have. Um, but, you know, this year, the biggest difference this year is, is like, you know, everybody there has to be careful because, you know, if one team gets it, it has the potential to derail the entire tournament and you know we have to hope that that doesn't happen uh you know i don't know what the regulations and situations are in indiana but you have to wonder um for the women's tournament it's in texas and texas just opened up their whole state to full capacity for businesses and uh you know removed the mask mandate so you know you have to worry you know, in the women's tournament, I think they're gonna have to be extra careful. But you know, it'll just it, let's have our fingers crossed that uh, you know the fact that they're all gonna be isolated and together, and there's gonna be a lot of testing. I'm sure there's a lot of planning that's gone into it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, planning for something like this is probably beyond what my thought process would be on this matter, but. I, I mean, lo looking into this, do you think it's a situation between the teams and the NCAA where it's like you're either practicing 
playing a game or you're in your hotel room alone waiting for the next game or so on and so forth. I'm sure that's the case. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with the rules are, but I'd have to imagine if uh, you remember with the NBA bubble, I forget who it was. I feel like it was like Lou Williams or something. Somebody was going to get chicken wings or going to a club or something, you know, uh, like this, this NCAA, I don't know if it was Lou Williams. I don't want to peg it on him if it wasn't him. I just, just the first person that pops in my head when I'm trying to remember who it was. But I mean, with the, the NCAA tournament, it's like if a player goes to, you know, a, a store or a restaurant or somewhere like breaks off, goes to a bar or something, especially if they don't have a mask on when they're there, like they're, I'm sure they're going to be in huge trouble. I mean, I would imagine they'd get suspended in some way or, I mean, or who knows if the teams would even get in trouble, but because the, you know, they have to realize that, you know, if, um, you know, if Illinois is playing Oklahoma state and a player on Illinois does something stupid and gets COVID and then they play Oklahoma state, you put Oklahoma state at risk. Let's say Oklahoma state wins, goes to the next round team they plays at risk there's also teams that are in the same arenas it's like a domino effect you know also at the same time you know you don't just get COVID if you do something stupid sometimes you could be as careful as possible and someone can get COVID so that's that's why they really really need to be you know on on their guard and be extra careful and then this you know the crazy thing you you hear from so many coaches the interview no matter the sport that a lot of coaches especially a lot of the Maryland coaches I've heard say this a lot of college coaches have said you know, this year we're facing two opponents, the opponent on the field and COVID. And, <laughs> you know, as, as funny as it is to hear that, it's, it's, the, it's true. It's the exact case because, you know, you're going in the NCAA tournament. You have to beat the teams that you're playing, but you have to beat COVID. You know, you have to be ready to play. Like UVA, they had a COVID outbreak on their team. They're all quarantined. They're not going to get to practice till the day before the tournament. That's going to affect them in a big way. They're playing Ohio. That's a huge advantage for Ohio. So, you know, you look at things like that, and it's it's like, you know, when you get to the NCAA tournament, you got to be as careful as possible, or because you could be the best team in the nation. Illinois could get a God forbid anyone does, but Illinois could have a COVID outbreak. Gonzaga could have a COVID outbreak. Boom, they're done. You know, they probably would would not be able to play a couple games. Who knows? Turn they could have to leave the tournament. So, uh, it's it's going to be about how you play at the court, but it's going to be about what you do off the court. And that's going to be a huge thing. And that's the theme for any sport this year at any level too. Yeah. I, I'm looking at this bracket here and like the dates just look like there's not really that much padding for mm-hmm. if something like this happens, God forbid. Right. And you, you have a COVID case and like, it doesn't look like there's much padding for any mm-hmm. room for error. So, I, I, I mean, if that's the case, I would only assume they get uh-huh. told to leave or this whole tournament gets derailed. But, I mean, it, it sucks that we, we've gotten to a point where we have to talk about the what-ifs in this right. situation. And it's it, it's just like, you, you know, it's just crazy to think that, yes, we're fans, us fans watching on TV that we're going to have something to do follow a bracket, which we did not get the opportunity to do last year. And this year, like you said, the opponent on the court in COVID. And I, I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think like there, 
would like worst case they would reschedule any of these games or do you think it's just game over well i hope that doesn't happen um uh first off i think if it does happen my guess is it would probably just you know just from hearing what a bunch of different health officials have said at different levels and what's happened you know if one guy gets it and it's shown that there wasn't close contact with anyone else um let's say it's like a bench warmer on uh, Maryland and they play Connecticut and the bench warmer didn't take their mask off the whole time. There's a possibility that everyone on Maryland could not get it. And everyone on UConn would not get it. And they'll say UConn beats Maryland. They go to the next round. Then they could probably proceed as normal. So I think it's really going to be an instance by instance basis. If I had to guess, and I think if it happens in the first round, if a team has a huge outbreak in the first round, I think they're done. And I think a replacement team comes in. Um, but if, you know, it happens in the sweet 16 or the elite eight or, or the final four, I think you're going to see them probably postponing things if they have to, because I think once you get that far, you have the big teams in there. I mean, it'll be interesting to see. It'd be crazy if like, I mean, what do you do? Do, do you do what the conference tournaments were doing and then, they're going to have to decide or I'm sure they have them in place. We'd have to look into it, but are they going to say, you know, if the, if the three seed is playing the two seed and the three seed can't play, does the two seed just move on by default or does the six seed that lost to the three seed, are they going to get to play the two seed now? Cause then you're letting a team that lost already still play. So I, I, I don't know what the heck they're going to do, but I, I, let's just hope it doesn't happen because you know, that'd be tough. But, you know, at the same time, you have to remember, like, these are people there. Like, it's like you were saying, Josh, like, this isn't just like, yeah, we're watching it and we care about the tournament. We want the games must go on in our in fans' minds. But it's like, first and foremost, like, I hope the NCAA puts players first because, you know, this is like real world. This is like a big thing to, to I'm sure it's cool for them to be there, but like, they're, they're stuck there for like a month or as long as it needs to be. And, uh, but, you know, these guys are, are D1 athletes. They've been dreaming of this since they were kids, I'm sure. They're, they're probably just excited to be there and will do whatever it takes to play. So, Well, j- just a lot of hypotheticals that are unknown that we're just going to have to see as it plays out. But hopefully no COVID. It will be COVID-free. And Absolutely. we're going to have a very great tournament. So... I mean, let's get right into it, Alex. I, I mean, the tournament's finally here. Something to look wait in two years, right? <laughs> <laughs> two years. It's Just crazy. Long. Um, before we dive into West, South, East, Midwest, first and foremost, no Duke in no Kentucky. <laughs> hey, as a Maryland grad and somebody who grew up a Maryland fan, no Duke is two beautiful words you know I, lo- I, I you know what I'm, I'm happy to not see Duke in the tournament for once but I will say I know they're going through a COVID thing so I hope everyone's okay and you know I'm not happy that, about that but I'm, I'm you know I'm happy that Duke had a down season in terms of their play on the court because without the COVID thing they, they weren't as good this year but that really kind of did derail them and we probably I'm sure would have seen Duke in the tournament this year I mean uh, Kentucky is a tough, tough year for them dealing with stuff too. And, uh, I mean, uh, we almost didn't see UNC and Kansas in the tournament. Well, Kansas really got it together in their three seed, but like UNC, they were struggling. There was a moment we didn't know if they were making it either. So this was really a down year 
for um, a lot of the big storied programs. So, uh, I, you know, I, I don't know for sure, but if I had to guess what happened with that, as you look at those programs, they get a lot of one and done guys coming in. They get a lot of guys that are going pro and with everything going on with COVID, you know, maybe those people aren't willing to risk it as much as the other guys are. So, you know, guys that know like, Hey, I'm going to make the NBA, even if I play a game or not, you know, so that I think affected them too. I mean, Duke had one of the really good players opted out of most of the season and that's they're within their right to do that too, especially because in a lot of those instances, those players that opt out, you know, they're just protecting their health and, you know, you can't blame them for that. Yeah. But um, I, I mean, Kentucky, such a storied franchise and it's like, man, they're not even in, but I, I, I think going back to what you said, a lot of down years, especially in the ACC. I mean, I'm not sure how much of the ACC you had a chance to watch um, this past season, but a lot of like Virginia tech, it, they're looking better than they have. I mean, with, in terms of the regular season, obviously defeating mm-hmm. Virginia, defeating these big teams, well, they were projected not to beat and so on and so forth. Right. Well, tech tech, they were dealing with COVID, a COVID mm-hmm. outbreak. Their own. Yeah. They, they missed a lot of games and I think they're a better team than their seating. I just wonder if, if they're going to be able to step up and come in, we'll see. But yeah, I mean, the ACC, this is one of the weaker years we've seen from the ACC and the big 10 is all hyped up better year too. But I, I really think it's all, it's all relative. And, you know, at the end of the day, these are all D one college basketball programs. They all have talent and all these, especially the major conferences and a lot of the mid-major conferences this year too, they've had some great seasons in the mid-major. So, I mean, I, I think it'll all even out when we get in the tournament. But I do I do like what we've seen from the Big 12, though, too, and the SEC. It's nice to see talent in the Big 12 and the SEC in addition to the ACC and the, and the, and the Big 10. It's really, uh, you know, you talk a lot about the mid-majors getting more talent, but I think the power conferences have had more talent spread out as well, which is really cool to see. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, l- let's dive right in. Um We'll touch briefly on the first four. Um, I, I want to know, is there ever a time uh, how uh, here, let me rephrase this. Mm-hmm. Is there ever like, what, what are the odds here that a first four team moves on past the first round of the playoffs? Mm-hmm. Have you well, ever seen that happen? Because I, I don't believe I've ever seen that. Uh, I think it has happened a few times. I think I, I want to say Syracuse when they made their run, um, you know, teams have done it. Uh, there's been, I, I have to think of who else, but the, a number of teams that have been in the first four, you almost all, in fact, last year was the first year ever that they've had these first four play in matchups. You know, when they added on, they expanded the field to 68 that um there were not last year 2019 2019 was the first year that none of the teams um made it uh past the first past that round of 64 and i think it was maryland played i think belmont and if maryland lost belmont would have made it because belmont was from the first four so it's just uh so i i do though i don't see one of those teams making it through I think UCLA or Michigan State could beat BYU, but I think BYU is really good. So I don't think BYU is going to lose. But, you know, it's March. Anything could happen. Um, 
And then between Drake and Wichita State, like I forget who they're who are they even playing? They're playing USC. USC's good. I don't think they're gonna be USC. Um, you know, and then you have all the 16 seed teams. I don't think they're gonna do anything. I mean, shout out to Mount St. Mary's though. Uh, yeah, you cover favorite. Mount St. Mary's. I yeah, was just well, about to say that. Have to give the credit to uh I dropped my pen here, wherever it went. My coworker Grace Grill has done phenomenal coverage. Um, of Mount St. Mary's For men's and, and women's if I'm yes correct. and both of those teams made the tournament the women are playing Maryland in the first round um, <laughs> yeah that's not going to be fun for them but the the, the men's team they're a 16 seed I, I forget which team they play if they advance but um, yeah I mean I, you know I, I don't think we're going to see any of the 16 seeds winning this year but Hartford Baylor could be an interesting game <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe it, Baylor win by 20, but, you know. Yeah, Mount St. Mary's, if they win, they would face off against Michigan. Okay, yeah. That'd be a tough <laughs> game. That'd be a tough game. But yeah. Michigan's slowing down a bit. So where is Mount St. Mary's from? I know WDVM covers them. What, where are they located? Emmitsburg, Maryland. Emmitsburg. Oh, okay. Okay. It's not too far from Hagerstown. I see. Okay. So uh, the Cinderella teams, let, let's touch on some other Cinderella teams. Um, in my opinion, obviously mm-hmm. that are in this tournament field, not in the first four, obviously um, what's the team I was looking for? Loyola Chicago. Oh yeah. That's I mean, a, I mean, their storied run to the final four, or whatever, like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, a year off from basketball, my mind's all rusty with all <laughs> this, but Loyola, Chicago, their fan base looks just as strong. And I believe Sister Mary, whatever. Sister Jean, I think. Jean, yeah. Yeah. Apparently she's going to be at the tournament. So That's what I saw that today too. 101 years old. Isn't that incredible? I hope she's careful too, but she's fully vaccinated is what I saw. The headline I believe I saw was fully vaccinated sister Jean. Wow. <laughs> well, good. Good I, I mean, do, do you think this team has what it takes to make another story to run like this? I do. I do. I do. I think they do. Um, unfortunately for them, they got placed in the toughest region in this entire tournament. One of the toughest regions I've ever seen in an NCAA tournament bracket. Um, so that's not going to be easy, but right now in my preliminary bracket filling out my gut, I I haven't finished yet. Um, but I, am going to have to do it closer to the the games, but I have them in the final four. I, 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 they have a lot of – they have some of the guys that were there that last run. Um, Cameron uh, Krutwig, I think is how to pronounce it. Krutwig, I forgot to say it. He's he's a big guy, and, and they kind of run their, their team through him. And, you know, in stats, efficiency, and Ken Palm, if you look at it, Loyola is the number one defensive team in the nation, the most efficient defense in the nation. And that's going to carry them far. I mean, the tough thing for them is they play – First of all, Georgia Tech is one of the hardest eight, nine seeds you could face. They're playing well. They yeah, have the yeah. ACC player of the year, I think. And then second round, Illinois. I mean, we're talking Illinois, one of the hottest teams in the nation right now, who, you know, from the Big Ten. And then if you get through Illinois, then you probably have to play Oklahoma State and Kate Cunningham, who's an NBA prospect. And then you either play West Virginia who is a gritty team, Houston, 
who is one of the most efficient, consistent teams in the country. And San Diego State even has a chance to, you know, get in there. And they're a very good team. So, I mean, if you even make it through all that, then you play Baylor, probably, Arkansas, Ohio State, whoever comes out of that, Purdue, you know. I mean, that's a, that's a really hard run for Loyola. So, you know, I have them in my final four right now. I might change it. But, I mean, that that is just – that region is like a bloodbath. It's that's a tough region. There's yeah, it, it really is. Like like you a lot said, of good teams it, in there. Like you said, Illinois, West Virginia, some teams I'm looking at, Houston, and the Georgia Tech. Like you said, that is probably one of the tightest matchups you can get. In yeah, I mean, my I, opinion. I think Loyola will beat Georgia Tech. I think they'll be able to defend them well. Yeah, um, but because with be Georgia Tech. Uh, as you know, they subbed in for Virginia, uh, and they ended up winning right. the ACC championship. Right. Well, yeah. They uh, and Georgia Tech, I think, is a team that really came into their own late in the season. You know, they were they were talking about them not making the tournament. Um, so, you know, I, the crazy thing is, I think you have six or seven teams that could reasonably make the final four out of there and then that's that's why i'm having such a hard time putting illinois because you know illinois struggled at the beginning of the year and they're definitely not the same team they were then uh they they lost to maryland at one point but they really came on late uh of late um but i don't know it's it's it's, that's that's a hard region so right now i have loyola but uh, i'm going back and forth between oklahoma state and Illinois, I mean, not we didn't even mention Syracuse is in there. Syracuse is a strong 11 seed that can always make yeah, a run. I feel, like, I feel like they can make a run as well. Oklahoma State, they play Liberty, and Liberty is a good team that can do just about everything, but they're not beating Oklahoma State, I don't think. I, so, Well, yeah, you, you, you know, bracketology, I filled out like three or four brackets and mm-hmm. in some I picked Oklahoma State. But I mean, at, at some point, the stats just have to get thrown out the window and right. like because anything can happen. This is what is so great about March right. Madness in the bracket, because w- the stats are in front of you and you have all this inner information and analysis to make your pick. Right. But the thing about March Madness, literally anything can happen. Right. And I mean, that that goes for all sports. But like, I feel like it's magnified. It's the biggest stage in basketball, maybe the biggest stage in sports, along with the Super Bowl and World Cup, other things like that. But it's like March Madness is fun. And it's uh, I think you have to be crazy not to love it. Yeah, uh, I I think Liberty, though, um, they have been a strong basketball program in years past. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if, if a team were to upset like Liberty beating Oklahoma state, I I feel like, like that could be just a one round, very hyped up. And then they get blown out because I've seen, I don't know. I don't know. I'll tell you this. if, If Liberty does somehow get through Oklahoma state, I think Tennessee is a sleeping giant. I think Oregon State might not be able to beat Liberty. So if Liberty somehow gets past Oklahoma State, I think you'll see them in the Sweet 16. But I, I don't think they're going to win. So I, I have another Cinderella. Okay. I, I, I've been debating this all week 
pretty much this matchup. Villanova versus Winthrop. Okay. And yeah, I mean, I, I saw Villanova a couple times. Their performance against Georgetown, Georgetown's red hot team defeating Villanova. That was considered an upset. I wouldn't be surprised if 23 and one Winthrop beats Villanova. Well, I think the toughest thing about this is Colin Gillespie is I think he's out for the season and he is Villanova's best player. And the thing you see with these teams with Villanova is, you know, if they either end out going deep or they're gone early, you never see it in the middle. And this is not a team that's going deep. I don't have a lot of confidence in this Villanova team. I do have Winthrop beating them. I don't have a ton of confidence in Winthrop. I think they're good. Uh, I think they've got some talent. Uh, and they can shoot, I think, too. But, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see them uh, getting super far, but I do think they'll beat Villanova. And, you know, I, I did think about having them beat Purdue in the second round, but um, I do think Purdue has a nice, easy draw for them. And I, I think Purdue's just good enough to beat Winthrop. Winthrop, no, I, I don't know how to say it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Purdue, they have another um, good shot of making it far. And I'm, I'll reveal towards the end um, our final, our official final four picks because, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, I have a few filled out, but uh, a few brackets, but n- not all the way for this one. But I, I, I think Purdue is another team to look out for coming out of the south side of the bracket. Um, mm-hmm. let's look here. How about Abilene Christian? <laughs> Could we see them beating Texas? I say well, no. Uh, I, I have a good friend of mine, uh, from Maryland, He's a couple years younger than me, went to school there too. His name's Noah Gross, and he is a sports anchor in Abilene, Texas, mm-hmm. and he covers Abilene Christian University. And I asked him, I said, are they going to win? And he, he, uh, he's my official source on them. So he says it'll be a close game and they'll probably cover, but Texas is going to win that game. So I'm going, he says ACU was a good team, but he doesn't think they're, they're making it past that first round. So that's, I'm, I'm listening to him. (laughs) UNC Greensboro staying in the East against Florida state. I say no. Florida state's a good team. I don't. I think Florida State should have won the ACC. Um, so no. Yeah, they've Florida been State. looking pretty good. I'm surprised they gave them the four seed. I know Florida State's going to win that game. I'd be stunned. I'd be so stunned. Well, yeah, yeah I'll give you one. Uh, I'm very surprised Georgetown is ranked number twelve against Colorado. I think Georgetown moves on one or two rounds. Um. I really want to pick Georgetown. Patrick Ewing has done a fantastic job. If you watched them earlier in the season, they really actually did keep things close. They, they, you know, showed up to play. They came out a little slow early in the year, but they got things going eventually. It was weirdly the same time the Wizards got things going. I think your friend, your good friend of the podcast too, Ben Standing, I think pointed that out. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I know. I don't, I don't think Georgetown is going to beat Colorado. I think Georgetown could have beaten a team like Villain. Well, they're not going to play Villanova, but I I think there's a, I think Georgetown, if somehow they played Purdue, I think Georgetown could have beaten Purdue. I think Georgetown could have beat Tennessee. 
Uh, I think Georgetown could have beaten UVA. I think Georgetown would have beaten a lot of other teams that they would have faced as in, in that 11, 12, 13 range, whatever. Um, but I think Colorado is a really good balanced team with a lot of talent. So like I could even see Colorado making the lead eight final four, maybe. So I, I think Georgetown just kind of didn't luck out with their draw, but they lucked out with the fact that they didn't even like, they earned it. Don't get me wrong, but you know, they're in the NCAA tournament. I think they're, they're grateful to be there. They're playing with house money, whether they win or they lose. Absolutely. Um, St. Bonaventure against LSU. I mean, sort of a Cinderella St. Bonaventure, I, I would get to say. I think LSU wins. LSU, we are not agreeing today, Josh. LSU's got talent, but I think St. Bonaventure. Really? They have one of the best coaches there is. Uh, you know, they, they uh, are a trendy upset pick. I think they win that game, and I think they're going to give Michigan a run for their money, too. I don't think they're going to win. Michigan? But, uh, Wow. Yeah, I have, I have St. Bonaventure uh, advancing one around. The 16 Mount St. Mary's against Texas Southern, I think Michigan moves on easily handed. Uh, let's talk Grand Canyon against Iowa. Are we going to disagree or agree on this one? I don't know where you're going with it. Uh, I'm picking Iowa. Okay. I think we're going to agree. I mean, I, I don't know a lot about Grand Canyon. Uh, I, I do think I could see that game being close-ish. Close-ish meaning Iowa wins by 10 or 15 points. <laughs> but, uh, no, I don't think Iowa loses. Let's see. Um, I think I think that's about all the Cinderella teams I picked out on this list. Is there any Cinderella team that I did not talk about that you had talking about do you have any others i got a few first off i'll start with my crazy pick of the year every year i like to make a pick where i say is my crazy pick of the year where it's like a one to three seed losing um a few years back i think i picked uh it was 2014 duke played mercer and i said mercer was gonna win and mercer won (laughs) that was in israel when it happened too watching it on my phone uh Really? So, so every once in a while I get those right. Of course, I can't remember the ones I got wrong to tell you because I've kind of blocked those out of my memory. But this year, my crazy upset is Ohio State losing to Oral Roberts. And I almost laugh when I say it because it's crazy. But uh, Ohio State was is not the best defensive team. Out of all the teams at the top of the tournament, efficient-wise, if you look at Ken Palm, they're ranked 79th in efficiency in the country for defense. That's not great. They got a great offense, awesome offense, great scores, but their defensive efficiency is not great in the big 10. I think they were bottom two, bottom three and defending the three oral Roberts is either the seventh or eighth. I think they're eighth in the country in three point shooting percentage. They don't shoot a ton of threes, but they shoot them efficiently. I think they're going to take advantage of that. I think they're going to shoot more threes than we usually see from oral Roberts and, you know, you look at earlier the season, I'll pull it up here. I saw they, they played Arkansas tough earlier in the season. Let me pull this up here for you. Um, you know, they played Arkansas tough. They lost to Oklahoma State by five. You know, they, they lost to Oklahoma, Missouri, Wichita State. They had tight games, you know, against some of these teams. But so it's not going to be easy. But my upset, my tre- not trendy, my, my, my crazy upset pick of the year is Oral Roberts. Might not happen. 
I'm probably crazy saying it, but I like to do one of those every year. So that's what I'm going with there. Um, I like VCU. I think VCU does everything. Um, I, I think they defend, they, they take care of the ball. Uh, they can score pretty well, better than you think. They're a very well-rounded team. I think they're going to win in the first round. Heck, I, I'm, I, I'm honestly putting them to beat Iowa, too. Um, I'm, I'm back and forth on that one, though. I might switch it up. But VCU, I think it's a Cinderella. If they count, San Diego State's a sixth seed. I mean, if they weren't in that tough region, they'd have a better shot of advancing. I don't think they will. Um, I think it just about covers it. I had, uh, one thing I do want to say. I see a lot of people having Ohio go deep in this tournament. And if UVA is without half their team, Ohio will maybe win that game. But if UVA has their full team there, I think they're going to win. UVA's had games canceled and postponed because of COVID throughout the season, at least three times. And every time they came back, they didn't miss a beat. You know, Tony Bennett is one of the best coaches in the country and I don't think UVA is losing that game. If they are missing all their key players, give it to Ohio, and then I can see Ohio going further. But especially because Creighton's there, and I think Creighton doesn't have the strongest chance of advancing. But, yeah, I, I think uh, Ohio won't, won't be a Cinderella. We're talking with Alex Flum of WDVM here on the Kirby on Sports Podcast, if you're just tuning in, discussing anything and everything NCAA in March Madness. So I, I, I want to go back to the VCU one because I used to really follow VCU very closely because my brother went to VCU mm-hmm. and um, their Havoc defense was great. They had a great head coach in Shaka Smart yeah. who in ended Texas up leaving. Now. He's in Texas yeah. now, but I, I, I've seen some VCU, but it looks like their defense is still looking strong and yeah. everything. I, I know it was either the, the last tournament or the tournament before last mm-hmm. VCU uh, was in the first round. It got knocked out in the first round. And I was like, yeah, I mean, it, their defense just didn't look good back then, but their defense looks very great right now and i i mean i've been going back and forth between oregon or vcu i have one each picked in two of my brackets so i i i'm looking forward to that matchup i like oregon but yeah but i think vcu i I just think they're a strong team um and they they play defense really well like you said and they play offense good enough i mean mike rhodes their coach he was uh at vcu under shaka smart as i think like associate head coach or something and uh you know, Shock Smart had a great defense then too, like you were talking about. And uh, you know, Rhodes came back as a head coach, and uh, I think they're still in pretty good shape. Kind of picked up right where they left off. So, uh, yeah, no, I think VCU is is could seriously make a Cinderella run again. It just goes to show um, Shock Smart going to Texas, what he's been doing for that program as well. Oh yeah, Texas, they're a Final Four contender too. So, but yes. they they got they got. Not the easiest road. Absolutely. So um, uh, uh, let's move on. Let's talk about um, the local teams um, from the DMV. Mm-hmm. We'll discuss uh, the teams you cover, obviously. But um, first and foremost, I want to touch on Virginia Tech. Okay. Uh, I, I feel like with their COVID outbreaks, um, they're facing Florida. Yes, they're facing Florida. Florida's been looking 
decent over the past couple of weeks and uh, before the uh, championship week started and whatnot. But Virginia Tech with two COVID outbreaks, I, I mean, I've been debating this in my head because obviously I follow Virginia Tech. But mm-hmm. my opinion on this, I think Virginia Tech gets knocked out in the first round. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going back and forth. Right now I have Florida going to the Sweet 16. So I think whoever wins that game, whether it's Oral Roberts or Ohio State, I could really see them beating Ohio State. But honestly, maybe not. Who knows? But um yeah, I'm really torn on that game because I, I think if it wasn't COVID, if you didn't have that extra factor, I think Virginia Tech wins this game. I think they're honestly probably a better team than Florida, maybe right there on equal par. Um, but, yeah, I'm really torn. I think this is one of the top two or three hardest games to pick in the whole first round. We touched on Liberty a little bit, but – uh, I mean, once again, they've been looking strong over the past couple of years, but they're facing Oklahoma State. That's got to be one of the toughest challenges for um, the teams in Virginia. Um, yeah, I, I think that's one of the toughest ones to look for, Liberty versus Oklahoma State. Once again, do you think there's any chance Liberty pulls it off? I think there's a chance. I don't think it happens. <laughs> <laughs> Kate Cunningham. That's that's the two words you need. Yeah, Kate Cunningham. He's been looking phenomenal. So it's going to be an interesting game there. West Virginia, Bob Huggins, their head coach. You know, West Virginia has had history of playing great basketball. How far do we think West Virginia might get? Because I've had them in a couple brackets working my bracket magic, hopefully creating the perfect bracket. (laughs) I have them going to at least the elite eight, sweet 16 or elite eight in my bracket. Yeah. I think they'll make the sweet 16. Uh, I could see San Diego state, maybe giving them a run for their money, but you know, that West Virginia is a good team. Like they, they, they get it done, you know, they, they, especially in the paint, like they're going to bully some teams and I feel bad for Moorhead state. I think they're going to win that one easily. Um, but yeah, I mean, the thing, the, the thing that's going for West Virginia is they're in that really hard bracket, but the, in that hard region, but they're in the easier part of it. So if they get through that and then you get, sorry, you're going to beat up illinois or oklahoma state or loyola team you know if they get to that elite eight or you know getting through houston is probably going to be the toughest challenge for them because west virginia they've had a really really hard schedule this year i mean they had to play baylor gonzaga uh kansas oklahoma state texas tech florida like i they lost a lot of those games it seems like they almost they play up to their competition, but then they're not winning in the end. So I think that's going to hurt them. So I don't see them going past Sweet 16, Elite Eight, but I, I think they're they're going to definitely make some sort of a run. So uh, let me get your thoughts on this. How what what side of the bracket do you think is the most challenging this year? In which side of the bracket do you think is the most easiest this year? Do you mean which which of the four or which of the which of the four? The four. Uh, well, definitely the the Midwest with Illinois is the hardest by yeah. far. Um, the 
easiest. I think Gonzaga's bracket is is the easiest. Yeah. Um, I just think, uh, you know, Iowa's a two seed, but I think they're beatable. Uh, I think Kansas is very beatable. I think UVA with their COVID situation, that's something to look at. Creighton is really struggling. You know, there's not, I mean, Missouri is, is a pesky team. I, they've been struggling more. USC um, with uh, their point guard uh, Mobley, you know, they've, they've got some talent. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't see a single team on there that I think can beat Gonzaga. And it's a shame that's the easiest one because Gonzaga is going to breeze through that thing. All right. Well, n- now it's time to talk about the teams you cover. And I'm, I, I'm going to basically give the floor to you on this, Alex, but the number 10 Maryland Terrapins, I have them going at least around deep. I think Maryland has an opportunity. I know they've had some ups and downs um, this season, but I think they can handle UConn pretty well, but you cover the team the most. I want to get your thoughts on Maryland and the NCAA tournament for them. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a really hard game to pick. Um, I think it's James uh, Boonite. I don't know how to say his name, but uh, the UConn, uh, he's their leading scorer and he he was hurt uh, and he came back. And ever since he came back, he's been really good. and They've been really good. So it's going to be about stopping him. And they have Daryl Morsell as the Big Ten leading scorer, uh, or excuse me, Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. Um, so I think it's going to be tough to stop him, but I think Morsell will be up to the challenge. I'm really torn on this game. I think it's right there with Tech and Florida and a hard game to pick. Um, I don't have Maryland winning the game, but I could absolutely see them winning. Um, uh, I don't think they could beat Alabama in the second round. Um, but, uh, I think they have a shot to win and yeah, it's really been an up and down season for them because some games they come out and they look like this great team that can beat a top 25 team and, you know, lots of talent. And then sometimes they come out and they just fall flat. So you just, some nights you just don't know which Maryland team you're going to see. I think they do play up to their competition though. So I'll tell you this, I think no matter what, we're going to see a close game. I think it's going to come down to the last few minutes. Um, I don't think they're going to come out and get blown out. And yeah, and once again, um, just touching on it briefly, Maryland is um, in the men's and women's bracket this year, correct? Uh, can you can you touch on how the women's team has been doing too? Yeah, well, uh, they they are really good. Um, they're a two seed. They should be a one seed, in my opinion. Um, they lost all five of their starters from last season. This year, they came back. Uh, totally new look team and. They've totally dominated. They, I think it's 12 or I think it's 13 games in a row. They've won something like that. Um, and they won the big 10 tournament, won the big 10 regular season. They're not just beating teams. They're blowing out these teams with the exception of one game against Nebraska. They've won by double digits in every game. They had one game. They won by 12, all the other games. They won by at least like 22 or 23 points. I mean, they're just blowing people out. So I, I think they're going to make the final four. Um, uh, I have a bet with another media member. I won't say who (laughs) I said, I I, I don't want to throw them under the bus. They're convinced Maryland's not making the final four. I'm convinced they are. So 
uh, we have a bet on on lunch for that. I won't reveal who, <laughs> but uh, I think they're I think they're going to the final four. I, they're they're really good. They they have uh, Ashley Abusu is one of their best players, if not their best. Uh, Katie Benzin, Chloe Bibby, Diamond Miller, Angel Angel Reese, and then that's just some of them. I mean, there there's just endless talent on that team. Um, you know, can they beat the Yukons and the South Carolina of the world? We'll see. Uh, I think South Carolina, South Carolina, they might have to go through, but I, I do think they're going to make the final four. Absolutely. Great stuff there. And Georgetown last, but not least out of DC. Yeah. Once again, I think George, I, I, I have a feeling they might have a chance to go one or two deep, but right, like, right. I, I mean, like you said, we weren't really agreeing that, you thought Colorado would win, but um, leading up to this, Georgetown has been looking very great. As you said, Patrick Ewing, a great head coach for Georgetown. Um, do you have any other thoughts about Georgetown season? And do you give Georgetown any chance, a smidge of an opportunity for them to win this game? I think they have a chance. They're 12 seed. You never know. Uh, Colorado has a bad day, bad night. I don't know what time of day the game is uh, offhand, but, uh, you know, Georgetown has a chance. Uh, we'll see what happens, but I will say it's great to see a Georgetown team in the tournament with a lot of buzz. You know, I remember growing up here in the DC area, there's always a lot of buzz around Georgetown. People always talk about those teams. You remember even when they had, uh, uh Roy Hibbert, Greg Monroe, even a little bit into when Otto Porter was there, um, you know, those teams, they had some of the, a lot of time they underperformed in the tournament, but those teams were always fun to watch. And uh, especially back Allen Iverson a little bit before our time, Josh, uh, but, you know, college wise, but uh, no, I'd love to see Georgetown good. And I think Patrick Ewing got that program going in the right direction. So one team we neglected to talk about, and mm -hmm. I, I have a pretty good reason why is 26 and 0 Gonzaga. Gonzaga is, I mean, in my opinion, it's hard to write this team off. Gonzaga has, I mean, looking at the stats, they're perfect. 26 and out, undefeated. It's going to be very, very hard to write this Gonzaga team off in one of the easiest sides of the bracket in this tournament. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of people say that they haven't played anyone, but you know, I, I don't think that's true. Um, you know, they've, they beat Iowa, they beat Kansas, they beat UVA, they beat BYU three times and BYU is a good team. And they gave them a challenge that last time they beat West Virginia. So you can't use that argument saying Gonzaga hasn't beaten anyone because they've beaten all these good teams and they've beaten them convincingly for the most part, they were supposed to play Baylor but that game got postponed and I think eventually canceled because of COVID. And I think they would have won that game too. And the thing is, if you were to make a team of the best 12 players in the country, even the best 10 players in the country, and you're putting a team together, you're going to take at least two from Gonzaga, probably three. Um, I really like Jalen Suggs. Um, I, you know, I think he's, he's got a lot of great potential too. And, and, you know, that, that whole team is good. Mark Few knows what he's doing, and I I think this is going to be the year that they get it done, and they're going to be the one that goes undefeated and doesn't lose a single game. Um, you know, put that on top that they have the easiest region. So it's a benefit when you 
you play some good teams to improve your schedule, but you have a lighter schedule than other teams. They went through, uh, they didn't have to go through as much of a bruising schedule, you know, uh, they're ready for the tournament and then, you know, they're going to have an easy run through there. And they're, I, I just, I think this is their year. I mean, whoever comes out of that one with Michigan and Alabama and all those teams down there, Texas, even BYU, I think they can beat whoever comes out of there. And then I think Illinois could beat them maybe if Illinois makes the final, but I don't see many other teams on that side of the bracket that, have a shot at beating them. You know, I don't even think Baylor would beat them. Once again, we're joined by Alex Flum of WDVM, breaking down anything and everything March Madness related. When we, we return, Alex and I will bring you our final four picks. Stay tuned. For sports fans living in condominium and homeowners associations, as well as business professionals, when you need a reserve study, PM Plus Reserves has been in business since 1990. Their studies are accurate and easy to understand. Check them out when your association needs a study, www.pmplusreserves.com. You can also contact them at 703-803-8436. Once again, www.pmplusreserves.com. Is it finally time to upgrade your home's interior? How about with an authentic farm table made locally from recycled barn wood? Shenandoah Primitives, based right here in Winchester, Virginia, makes farm tables, benches, tables, coffee tables, and a long list of other items for your home decorating needs. At Shenandoah Primitives, function and style are combined for great furniture that will last generations. If you're interested in combining the industrial look of metal with wood or considering something incredibly unique with a live edge, Shenandoah Primitives turns those ideas into reality. Thinking about a mirror, wine rack, or other XMPs for your home, Shenandoah Primitives can assist with that as well. As a local small business, Shenandoah Primitives is happy to work with each client for a custom design or schedule an appointment to come out and view current inventory. Local high-quality handmade items can be found at Shenandoah Primitives. Find us on Facebook and Instagram or visit us at www.shenandoahprimitives.com. Once again, that's www.shenandoahprimitives.com. I'm Josh Kirby. You're back with us. Anything and everything March Madness, the madness has begun. Once again, joined by Alex Flum covering Maryland, uh, some Georgetown in a bunch of other sports over at WDVM. So make sure you check him out at Alex Flum TV on Twitter. Um, so Alex, it's finally time. We have our final four picks. I will let you go first with your final four picks. Okay. Well, we were just talking about it. Gonzaga. That was easy. There's no chance they're not making it there. Oh, well, there's a chance, but uh, I think it'll happen. That next region, uh, you know, torn between a few different teams, but I'm going to go with Michigan. You know, they look like they're, they're missing to be a little bit slowing down a little bit, but I think they're going to be able to, 
make it through there. Alabama and Texas, those are kind of dark horses there, but I, I like Michigan out of there. Um, top right, I think it's the South is what it is. Um, Arkansas, I think they're a well-rounded team. I think people are not talking about them. You know, they're, I think they're a strong team that's a little under the radar. They can score the basketball. They got a lot of different guys. They, they have depth. You know, if they get into foul trouble in the game, they would be maybe okay. You know, they can rebound too. So, you know, I, I think they're going to be able to beat Baylor out of there. So I'm going Arkansas. And, you know, I like to spice things up. And, uh, and, and like I said earlier, uh, whew, I could see Illinois there. I could see Oklahoma State there. But just for the sake of this official pick, and, it's, and we're talking 9.42 p.m., whatever day of the week this is. <laughs> I don't know. Lose track sometimes <laughs> Tuesday. You know. 9.42 p.m. Tuesday, Loyola is in the Final Four. That could be different by, Friday, by the games. I might switch it to Illinois or Oklahoma State. But for now, I'm going with Loyola. Sister Jean is going to be cutting down the nets uh, for the South region when it's – or whatever – what is it, Midwest region, when it's all said and done. Midwest region. It's funny because WDVM TV has a bracket challenge with you all. So I, I, I just messed around, created an, an account and hopefully I'll score more with more <laughs> points than Alex Good. Plum. Yeah. Put that out there. Everybody should sign up and then, and, and I'm sure you won't have yeah, trouble. WDVM TV. <laughs> we'll see. We're technically the expert pickers. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So but you got to know with the tournament, nobody knows. Oh yeah. You know, Absolutely. that's what makes it so much fun. You know, you could, you could put something in front of a dog and tell them to pick the games and they're probably going to do better than Jay Billis or something, you know? <laughs> like it, it, oh man, a dog. <laughs> I'm not to single out Jay Billis, but they're, you know, it's to say somebody who doesn't know anything about basketball could have a better bracket than experts. It happens every year because nobody knows what's going to happen. Yeah. Like, you know? like, like all the experts picked Pittsburgh to beat Washington. Right. I, I, I know that's different, but still. Let, let me get to my final four picks. Out of the West, I have Gonzaga. Once again, Gonzaga, they are hard to count against. I mean, I, I even myself, it's been an easy decision, and I don't think there's any sort of scenario that will place Gonzaga out of this tournament going home crying themselves to sleep i mean i don't know if they do that but still what was um, it adam morrison back in the day was that who was crying from gonzaga way way back do you remember that i don't recall to be honest i'm not gonna say i do but I do. Right, sorry to interrupt Go. Yeah, yeah so michigan out of the east i have michigan i i, I just think michigan has what it takes they've been looking pretty good as well uh, the South and the Midwest, I have two slightly different picks that you might not think are of the ordinary because you have to account that this is March Madness and mm -hmm. anything can happen. So for the South, I have Purdue in okay. the Final Four. In the Midwest, I have Tennessee. And I, I mean, yeah, I've been looking, I've been doing these brackets for about a night and a half, just studying, looking at notes, stats and stuff. But there comes a point where you have to throw the stats out the window. And right. 
So I want to know, Josh, what do you like about Purdue and Tennessee? Because I like Purdue just because of an easy draw to make the Sweet 16. But Tennessee, I don't. I have them losing in, or I have them losing the second round to Oklahoma State. Well, yeah, you know, Tennessee, I've seen some of their highlights and stuff, and I feel like they could be a sleeper. I mean, they, do uh, have, talent. they have young talent. Yeah, I, I feel like they could be a sleeper. And I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they lost, they got beat by Oklahoma State. But still, I feel like based on what I've seen, they could potentially be a sleeper. But once again, this is March Madness. Anything can happen. Right. You but, never uh, know. Purdue, I, I'm going to uh, piggyback off what you said. They have an easy draw. And yeah. I, I feel like that gives them a better opportunity to make it to the Final Four than if they had not so great of a draw like facing number one Baylor or North Carolina or, or Florida maybe. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. I, I mean, just luck of the draw there, and that's why. But I mean, the West and the East for us, I mean, it was pretty much a no brainer. But the South and the Midwest are more, in my mind, sort of like anything can happen. I mean, not that it can't happen the West and the East, but you know, anything can essentially happen. Oh, yeah. I, I agree with you for sure about the Midwest. I've never seen a bracket harder to pick ever <laughs> section of the bracket. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to do, but I got Loyola there for now because, you know, I'm ready for the madness. Let it be Loyola, you know, <laughs> I'm ready for the madness too. Um, once again, Alex Flum of WDVM joining us on the Kirby on sports podcast, Alex, before we let you go, tell, tell everybody where they can find you and your wonderful work for WDVM. Yeah, thank you, Josh. Um, Alex Flum TV on Twitter uh, at Alex Flum TV uh, on Facebook. You could find me at the, my, my Facebook page, just Alex Flum WDVM. You could stick with uh, localdvm.com, and we got a bunch of different coverage. Uh, if you live in Montgomery County, we're ramping up our high school sports coverage, everything going on there, and uh, I got everything University of Maryland for you. We're all on top of that too. So, uh, and from from pros to locals, from down where you are, Josh, in Virginia, all the way to West Virginia and Hagerstown, Frederick, Maryland, D.C., PG County, even two now. So we're, we're all over the place, and then we got a great team there. So, Alex, we really appreciate you coming on, talking basketball. It was a lot of fun. All right. Well, Josh, it's always a pleasure, and I look forward to coming on for a record. Would it be a record third time? <laughs> I, I don't know, but the until, official record books. <laughs> until the next time you hear us, always remember to create greatness and find us on all streaming platforms. Check out our brand new website, www.curvyonsports.com. This won't be shown, but Alex Fum's putting on the infinite, infamous JKS hat. So I appreciate the support there. But until you hear us, next time. Always remember to create greatness and we will catch you next time. Peace out. Uh